0: Together with our guests and listeners, we seek to discuss, challenge, and create new understanding about how to inspire better experiences in response to ever-changing customer expectations. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the All Things Considered CX podcast. I'm your host, Bob Asman, and welcome back for another episode. As we've talked on the previous two episodes, I always like to begin the new year with Uh, what I would call uh, kind of our adjacent support that we get from ourselves as career professionals and not so much focused on customer experience, but what are we doing as as professionals to develop ourselves, our careers, and our personal lives. And so we've had an expert on, of course, talking about uh, how to build your brand on LinkedIn. We've had an expert uh, talking to us about our personal and professional development and how to take that step in building yourself and preparing yourself if you're choosing to do a career search or looking for your next opportunity at your current company. So the next logical step is to have somebody in the executive search world uh, join us. And so I'm really pleased to have Kip Knipple joining me. Uh, He um, has been very active on LinkedIn and really providing some great perspective. And so I thought it'd be great to join the podcast and talk about um, where where he's seeing uh, the the labor environment right now and and his dealing with clients and and candidates. And so Kip, welcome to the podcast. We're glad to have you. Would you introduce yourself to our listeners?
1: You bet. Thanks so much, Bob. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. So my name's Kip Knipple. I own an executive headhunting or recruiting firm called Kip Search. Uh, based in, in Minnesota, uh, but do work all around the country.
0: Yeah, that's great. And and Kip, how did you get into this? I, I always we always talk about this with our customer experience uh, experts that join us. But how did you get into executive search?
1: Yeah, I mean, probably the best way. I'll kind of tell you the a story. I mean, this is kind of how I share it with people. Because uh, I was a lawyer for a number of years, worked in commercial real estate before starting this, um, but really, and it might be helpful to the listeners, and this is kind of how I tell the story. I mean, have you ever felt restless in your career, you know, like something was missing? And I definitely have. Uh, after law school, I worked in mergers and acquisitions uh, at a law firm, then later in commercial real estate, as I said. Uh, and while I loved making deals and connecting companies to the resources they needed, uh, you know, after several years, I started to feel empty. I remember thinking, you know, this isn't it. I, wasn't, I want to make a bigger impact, actually, on people's lives. And fortunately, one of my mentors introduced me uh, to executive recruiting, you know, otherwise known as headhunting. Um, and she said, instead of connecting companies with physical resources in, in executive headhunting, you get to connect them with people. Uh, and then the work is very personal, very collaborative. So I made the jump, uh, and after my first search, I was absolutely hooked. Uh, my client was a big private company looking for a CFO, and you know, given the job requirements, I knew they were looking for kind of a one in the million kind of person. Uh, but was up for the challenge, and uh, after a ton of research, I found a gentleman by the name of Matt. He was in his mid fifties, working as a CFO, you know, for a large Fortune five hundred company. Uh, And when I called him, he said, I'm not interested in making the move. I plan to retire here. Uh, In addition to the kind of the hunt for that perfect candidate, his initial hesitation made me realize the other thing that I really love about this work, which is telling stories. I knew that, you know, just kind of lifting, listing the facts of, you know, who a company was, you know, what the position offered, you know, wouldn't be enough. I had to, you know, cast a vision as to why this was worth the move. And I had to tell my client company's story. And so as I spoke with, with Matt, I could hear him starting to warm up. Um, and when uh, when the call ended, he said, yes, I'm open to talking with them. And Matt, at the end of the day, Matt ended up making the move. I spoke with him a few months later and he said, I have, had, I have not had this much fun in my career in years. And my wife is happier because I'm happier. Thank you so much, Kip. Uh, and that moment was huge for me. I felt so fulfilled, being able to make a difference in both Matt's personal and his professional life. Um, but it didn't end there. My client, the company Matt went to work for, um, their business skyrocketed under, under his leadership. It was a win for Matt, a win for my client, you know, a win for me personally. And since then, I've never really looked back. You know, Every day I, I get up excited to you know, open doors and change lives. And then here at your Kip Search, you know, we're laser focused on helping companies and individ- individuals achieve abundance and impact. Um, and you know, that's that's kind of the that's kind of the story without kind of just giving the the facts, kind of kind of telling the story about how it all how it all came to be for me.
0: Right. So a couple of nuggets there, Kip. I want to yeah. explore with you. So first of all, I love the concept that you talk about telling stories because. In the customer experience world, that's what we talk a lot about is let's tell the story of the brand, let's tell the story of the experience, and it goes so much beyond, you know, whether our customers are satisfied or not it really talks about how do you tie all that together so. Unbeknownst, and our listeners probably realize we don't do a lot of prep work on these, uh, you know. So I didn't know you were going to talk about telling stories and how it relates to customer experience. So I love it. But how do you go about that? So what you're saying is you tell the story of the company that you're trying to get the candidate to uh, get some interest in. And so how do you go about doing that?
1: That's a fantastic question. You know, kind of step one in our process is we spend a lot of time with the client on the front end just really doing a lot of due diligence, asking a lot of questions, just really so we understand, you know, what is their business? How do they do it? You know, what is their culture? What are their core values? Uh, And then kind of get their buy-in on, you know, here's, here's what we're hearing. Here's how we want to tell your story. You know, are we, are we hearing you right? Is this a good representation of your story and your culture and your core values? And, you know, really kind of come to consensus on that. And then, you know, we view ourselves really as an extension of our client's brand. So then, as we're out in the marketplace, you know, we're kind of sh- we're shooting their or, or sharing their their story and their brand from the rooftops, and that's really how we do our business. We, you know, we you know share share uh, the story with with cert- a certain group of people, and then it's compelling enough they share it with their friends, and it, it just kind of expands from there. And you know, we're trying to expand our client's story. As a company and specific to the role we're working on as wide as possible and then come back into ultimately finding the, the best candidates. But it's you know, we really review what we do is we're not trying to sell anybody on anything, we're just trying to give them enough information to make the decision. Do they want to take a next step and a next step and the next step? And the key to that is just telling an accurate but but a compelling story about who our clients are. You know, again, I we always go back to culture and core values. So people can see do that do those line up with the kind of culture they want to work in and and their personal core values. And that's really how we ensure, you know, the best long-term fits for our client companies, but also for candidates too, that, you know, this is where they want to be and where they want to spend their career and the kind of people they want to be around. And just by being open and authentic about what is the culture, what are the core values? um, People are coming in eyes wide open and attracts Mm -hmm. the right people and, dissuades the wrong people so that it's a good fit uh, all around for everybody.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I think what we would use in our nomenclature is you're creating the employee experience that creates uh, employee engagement with your potential clients and potential candidates uh, it's fascinating how the words you're using align to what we do in customer experience. Um, the second nugget I heard from you in your description of your career was you had that kind of empty feeling and, you know, as a, a lot of uh, customer experience professionals were adversely impacted by the pandemic, the customer experience was treated more as a, a you know, a, a, Uh, an expenditure that could be cut rather than a core value of the organization. So many were impacted. And then uh, kind of the natural human tendency when you begin a new year is, you know, am I happy in my career? Am I happy in my profession? All that being said, what are you seeing as we come into 2023 in terms maybe what I would call the lay of the land kit? Because, you know, we're seeing a lot of tech Organizations laying off. Uh, When we're taping this, 3M just announced. The 3M, uh, Minnesota-based company, fine Minnesota-based company, announced layoffs. What are you starting to see in the environment uh, of the labor market from where you sit?
1: Oh, another another fantastic question. Um, You know, the truth is, no matter what the economy is doing, no matter what the labor market's doing, you know, companies will find a way to. I mean good companies, great companies will find a way to thrive. And the same thing with with people. I mean, despite, you know, I, I saw that 3M layoff as well. Um, but despite these types of things, if 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 people really are good at whatever it is, you know, that they do, they have a lot of options. It is still a war for talent where people have lots of options from lots of different companies, you know, the the biggest shift from COVID was you know kind of remote work and hybrid work and so there's just geographically so more so many more options of, uh, mm-hmm. of opportunities to work and, and work from home work from remote um it's I mean the the hard part is it's almost the opposite it's narrowing down and really trying to pinpoint what do I really want to do what what will truly fill me up and and, and have me fulfilled Uh, In my career, and again, I always go back to culture. And what is the kind of culture of an organization that I want to work in? You know, what are my own personal core values? What are the core values of of the employers I'm looking at, and how do we how do we line those up? So, again, it's a war for talent. The candidates are still people are still in the driver's seat, Uh, and that's from someone to you know serve coffee at Starbucks all the way up to the CEO of a company.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, really
1: good people are in high demand.
0: You know it's interesting, Kip when you're talking about that because i I monitor um on LinkedIn, I monitor different job segments, you know, so customer experience operations contact centers, the areas that I have some expertise in and and I'll look at and you know so you hear about all these layoffs, and then you'll look online and a company will post a job and it'll say, you know posted one hour ago three hundred and fifty applicants, and you go, "Wait a minute." <laughs> I mean, Oh, Toledo! There are a lot of people looking for for positions out there, and of course, you t- you have a totally different approach on this with executive search. But um, it seems like sorting through all of that for organizations can really be difficult in trying to find that ideal candidate. <clears throat> Is that your experience?
1: Yes, I mean that's one hundred percent true. And I, you know, always you know inevitably when people hear what what we do, I mean individuals reach out that are looking for for new opportunities. And I always tell them, really, our business is companies hire us to find people. But, uh, you know, we always work with individuals on a targeted basis to try to find opportunities. And really what we're trying to do there is, you know, even small companies have software programs that are looking for keywords in people's resumes or whatever they put online before an actual human being ever sees it. So we try to help people cut through that and actually get to a person So you can tell your story, hear the company's story and and see if there might be a fit. And it it doesn't guarantee to open every door, but we're just trying to separate people from the crowd and actually get to a person, which, you know, exponentially increases your opportunity to at least have an interview, pursue things, take a look at them. Um, And then kind of what you touched on there, the other thing that happened with COVID was, you know, people made such drastic changes in their lives uh, you know, working totally remote, a lot of people move to other, you know, locations. Mm-hmm. But it, it really, when people seem to make, you know, big changes, they kind of look at every area of their life. And so I think a lot more people, even if they're, they've been in their role for a long time, and they're happy, they're much more open to at least hearing about other opportunities or pursuing other things or exploring things. So, you know, I think a lot of people even though they're not necessarily unhappy in their current role, you know they'll apply to other roles or other opportunities that pique their interest, and so there's a lot more people, you know, kind of looking at opportunities
0: too. Hmm. Yeah, definitely that that makes a lot of sense. The what what um, I don't know if you call it advice or or professional counseling or coaching would you give to people that are saying to themselves, "Hey, it's January; it's time for me to make a career move." Uh, What are some things that, you know, maybe you first approach a candidate and they may not have a resume. They, may, you know, they might not have a network. I, I was always coached and taught that the time to have a network is not when you need it, but it's when you don't yeah. need it. And, um, And so I find a lot of times where people are trying to build their networks overnight. So do you have some things that you've observed or seen that you kind of work with your candidates and advise them and help them or give tips to our listeners about what are some good first things to do if you're going to embark on a search?
1: Yeah. Another excellent question. I think the biggest thing, and it's kind of a mindset shift. So many people want to tell, you know, look at the resume and this is what I've done. And this has kind of been my past, but the mindset shift is to switch to the future. What do you want? You know, what types of roles are you interested in? What types of companies, you know, what sizes of companies, industries, you know, what gets you excited to think about, and it doesn't have to be what you've done before, and so, to get people to kind of shift their mind from, well, this is what I've done and this is what I've always done to what do I want, what excites me. And, and sometimes I tell people just to spend a little bit of time and, you know, by yourself and think if I could pick the perfect role at the perfect company, or maybe it's three totally different ones, what would that be? And then let's go laser focus, try to find those opportunities and we can always expand it. To more things, but why not look for exactly what you think you want? Again, if it's even if it's a couple totally different things, uh, because a lot of times people are pretty open and flexible for you know what they're looking for. But unless you know what you want, you know you're never going to find it. Uh, So I think that's a very useful exercise, just to spend a little bit time and think about that. What what would really excite me uh, in a career, unless. and it might not necessarily be out there, but let's at least go look for it very specifically, very laser focused like.
0: Mm-hmm. Now you talked about, you gave that, you shared the story about Matt, which I thought was great. And what is it for, for for? I, I, I'll ask this both ways, for both for clients and candidates, that's the tipping point. I mean, let's say for, let's set money aside for a minute, if money wasn't the object, but what is it that you find that, that, you know, clients say yes, that's the candidate, and for candidates that say yes, that's the organization. Is there a tipping point that happens, or or kind of a, a, a you know a revelation that you see um, when you're working on both sides of the fence there with clients and with candidates? Yeah, no, another
1: fantastic question. I get. I'll maybe do the client perspective first. Uh huh. You know, there's a lot of people that can that have the skills to do a certain role. So really, what companies are looking for? And again, when they engage with us, I mean, we're going to present a slate of candidates that all have the skills. So that maybe simplifies it a little bit. But it's it's who fits in with our culture. And I and I I probably sound like a broken record, but who really is a culture fit? You know, who really is a core values fit? Personality wise, you know, with who they're going to work with, you know, who really fits in well. And will be um, depending on what the role is, you know, someone that kind of smoothly, you know, slide into that role, or maybe someone that has a little bit of a challenger in them that can challenge the status quo if they want that. But who? I mean, those are really the the most important things. And then on the flip side, for for people for candidates, you know, there's countless companies you could work for that do the same thing, but it's it's really the same. Who? What company has you know the kind of culture that I want to work in and, and the kind of people that I want to spend you know most of my time with most of my days with and really has a core value has the core values or the purpose you know that inspires me or motivates me um, you know those are the differentiators you know, the culture the core values the people uh, on, on both sides of the fence because you know again there's a million people that can do the same thing and there's you know tons of companies that you know, where you can do the same kind of work, but where do I really want to be? Who do I want to spend my time with? Uh, and what really kind of motivates me to the core with, you know, again, purpose and core values and culture and things like that.
0: So it's probably not a case where, you know, people are wanting to, to make a career change, jump into the deep end of the pool, but rather, you know, kind of gradually go into the water by evaluating what they want to do um, what their skill sets are and and what what their next step is to be. So rather than like I said, just jumping in, but maybe take a more structured approach to their career search. Is that a fair
1: statement? That's very very true.
0: And mm-hmm.
1: and also, I mean, you got you have to think. You know, what what do I want out of my career and, and my employer? But also, how what value am I bringing to the company or the companies I'm looking at? I mean, how can I add value? To them with my skill set and my background and how, how do I articulate that to them so that they see that as a differentiator too oh you know, well, geez you know Bob you know can do you know and all the, and these 50 other people can all do the same thing but geez Bob also brings these value adds that we really aren't getting from anybody else that we didn't necessarily know we even wanted but now that we you know I've heard Bob explain this to us that that's that's a real asset and we'd like to have that and that you know that might be the the tipping point too
0: right and and that's an interesting um take on it as well that uh it it really is kind of a two-way street right it's the candidate presenting themselves with their skill sets and their desires and the client um presenting themselves with their with the position they have but also the vision and mission and whether those marry up or not
1: yes absolutely
0: hmm. Um, what do you, what would you say in your, in your uh, position is the most, uh, I think you talked a little bit about the rewarding part, but what's perhaps the most challenging part that you encounter in this area? You know, it's,
1: it's working with, with, with human beings <laughs>
0: who, we'll uh, do,
1: you know, illogical things. Um, you know, sometimes there's, you know, you, you just can't make any assumptions about things. And even if you, you know, kind of help people see reason and common sense, they don't necessarily always follow that. And, you know, there's, we just had a search where, you know, where where candidates aren't totally honest with you about maybe other opportunities they're looking at, or I just, our philosophy Mm -hmm. is just to be totally open and transparent for the clients and for candidates. So just everybody knows where everybody's at and, and, you know, if if a candidate has a couple other options and those are moving faster, you know, let the client know so that they're informed and they can move quicker or make a better offer or, or do things, you know, depending on what the situation is. But when people kind of hold back and aren't open and honest with you, that that's frustrating. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, but it's probably just working with human beings. And that's the the blessing is working with, with people, and but it's also you know, frustrating sometimes working with people.
0: Uh absolutely. And and I think um that kind of characterizes um those of us working in the customer experience realm. We're we we need our customers, obviously, but sometimes uh we can be frustrated by them. And and the key is is that how do we how do we overcome the challenges and look for those opportunities as you have as, you, as you've stated. Um the uh one other question I have for you is well i i also skipped one i you also said if i if i heard you correctly at the very beginning when you're describing you said you were you are an attorney you you went into the legal so um i'm sure that helps in the hr world Uh as well but uh i'm just curious as to what skills you might have learned being an attorney that are helping you in executive search (laughs) i mean so many i mean i mean the the biggest one is
1: just problem solving i mean when a problem is faced and just, you know, kind of reasoning through all the different options and what's the best way to, to pursue things. But you know, negotiation is, is huge. Um, you know, listening, uh, just doing research and, and, and just mm. figuring things out. I mean, when, when there's no set plan or way to do something, but you just, you figure it, you, you're faced with a problem, you know, big or small, and you just figure out how to get the answer and, and provide that, you know, to the candidate or to the client or, you know, to bring them together. Uh, there's, I don't know, just countless things. And, you know, negotiating agreements with clients. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, negotiating salaries and packages and equity and kind of all those kind of things as part of compensation packages. Um, and the thing that they don't really teach in law school is you know sales and marketing and things like that which are which are so important in, in what we do in in recruiting um that's not something traditionally you learn in law school at all i mean a lot of lawyers that's why they go to the law school they don't have to do sales or marketing they just want to practice you know this learned profession and uh
0: they used to say they, that lawyers go to law school, be, or people go to law school because <laughs> they hate math as well. So. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> but, um, well, that's interesting too, because uh, you know a number of our listeners are consultants, and and I, I mean, I'm a consultant now, having spent forty years in, in operations and and global customer service and so forth, and I didn't have to do business development. You know, I didn't have to do sales and marketing. I had great partners that did that work with me and and I executed against their plans. And so that that's, uh, I'm, I'm laughing to myself because it's like business development. I went into operations because I didn't want to be in business development. i you know, tried it and don't like it. So I'm in operations, but I can definitely relate to your comments uh, about that too. Uh, Kip, final uh, words of wisdom. This has been a great uh, podcast. We really appreciate your insights, but, uh, before I wrap up, uh, final words of wisdom or thoughts or advice for our listeners who might be embarking on a career search. Yeah. I mean, again,
1: I I think the, the, the most important first step is to spend a little bit of time and think about what do I really want? What types of opportunities, you know, roles, companies, again, sizes, industries, geography. Do I want to be remote? Do I want to be in an office? I mean, just kind of create that ideal role or again, several different ones, and then go pursue those things. And, and I mean, the best way is, you know, to leverage your own network. I mean, who do you know at these companies that might be interesting to you or who do you know that knows somebody there or, um, you know, again, when we try to help candidates, we're we're almost kind of manufacturing that warm introduction, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of times people reach out, you know, to see if I know people or our team knows mm-hmm. people at a company. And if not, we can figure out who the right people are. And we try to, again, make that warm introduction. So it's not just all digitally through software programs, but yeah, I mean, it's getting out talking to people, but you just, you have, it's like, uh, I forget what book it's from, but starting with the end in mind, I mean, what do I want at the end of the day, and then back your way up and then you can put a plan in place on how to get there. But if you don't know where you're going, it's hard to, it's hard to get there. And when it's just so broad, and I just want a customer experience role somewhere, (laughs) it it needs to be able, I mean, you might find something, but you, you might be able to find something 10 times better if you spend a little bit of time and think, you know, what type of organization would I like to do that in? And that's just so, so helpful. And, and the other thing is, I don't know what book this is from. It's, it's um, Influences Your Superpower is the name of the book. I mm-hmm. highly, highly recommend it. It's absolutely amazing. But one chapter in there talks about just asking for help. Like most people want to help other people. Like if someone asked you to help get into a company or, you know, help you with anything. Most people will say yes because they want to help others. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, we're all afraid to ask for help because we don't want to burden somebody or inconvenience them. And so we say no for the other person rather than just asking them. And in the worst cases, they say no, but they probably won't say no. So, So I would encourage people to ask people in their network, family, friends, you know, me, I mean, anybody, ask for help and because uh, most people want to help you and they'll do whatever they can, they might not be able to add value or help you, but they will at least try to to help you. So that's, that's a good one. And, and I'd say, read that book. Influence is your superpower. Very, very, very good. Um, and it's how to help, you know, kind of create influence, even if it, I don't know, it's, it's a very, very good book.
0: That's a great recommendation. And the other one you quoted was, from Stephen Covey's Seven yes, Habits of right. Highly Effective People, and that's yeah. a that's a just a fantastic. I quote that book all the time. That's yeah. why I knew it as soon as you said it. But yeah, it so long. <laughs> it's 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 such a great book. It's it. My God, it was written years ago, but it's still so uh, so appropriate it's so and true. Um, so true. And I couldn't agree more with you about that asking for help. And my attitude on that is someday I'm going to need help too. Right. And right. so I, you know, I, I always try to help people. And if I can I'm upfront. I'll say, you know, I'll often be asked, you know, Hey, you worked at such and such a company. Do you know somebody there? And I'll be like, you know, it's been so long. I just don't know anybody. I can't help you. But, but you know what? I do know this person who might know somebody, right? So there's always, if I can't, I'm going to, you know, I've never said to anybody, no, I'm not helping you. It's always been. Probably not my area of expertise or probably don't know anybody, but I think this person might. And so try that person. And so if anything, if nothing more, you're you're gaining a network person as well. So that's pretty cool, too. Well, Kip, um, how would our listeners get in touch with you if they wanted to learn more, either as a client or a candidate?
1: Yes, I would say um, so. Kip Knipple, K-I-P as in Paul. And then Knipple is K-N-I-P is in Paul P is in Paul E L. So Kip Knipple. Okay. Uh, every single social media platform I'm on, and it's just my name, Kip Knipple. you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, <sighs> Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I mean, all of them. Or in Kip Search is the name of our firm. You can just Google that, or you can Google my name, but and it's got all, all my contact info is out there. Um, yeah, I'm more than help, more than happy to help anybody any way I can. And, um, again, our businesses, companies hire us to find people, but the right. way I think of helping people, it's kind of that pay it forward model, just do enough good in the world, good things come back around, not necessarily specifically from that person, but just in general. Um, so I'm more than happy to talk to anybody or help people in any, any way I can. And again, we we're based in Minnesota, half our team's here, half's down in Texas. we got someone out on the East coast and do work all around the country. So geography is not an issue. And yeah, I'm more than happy to help any way I can.
0: Fantastic. Well, Kip, thanks for joining the podcast today. We really appreciate it. And listeners, this has been another episode of the All Things Considered CX podcast. I'm your host, Bob Asman. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your networks. And as always, stay tuned for additional podcasts on interesting subjects as part of the CXFM radio network. Until we meet again, thank you for listening.